The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Influencer Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about how you can maximize your influencer marketing strategies. Joining us for Influencer Marketing Week is Vivian Garnes, who is the co-CEO of Upfluence, which is the only influencer marketing software with a dedicated offering for e-commerce brands. And they help brands drive online sales through organic influencer partnerships. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, Upfluence is also a sponsor of the MarTech podcast. So far this week, Vivian and I have talked about whether you should build an influencer marketing campaign, how you can match influencers with your audience. And yesterday we talked about the tips for getting the best work out of your influencers. Today, we're going to continue the conversation talking about monetization and how you can monetize your influencer marketing campaigns. All right, here's the fourth installment of Influencer Marketing Week with Vivian Garnes from Upfluence. Vivian, welcome back to Influencer Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. Still a pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to connect. Uh, glad to have you back on the show. Wonderful. Likewise. We've covered a lot of ground so far this week talking about who influencer marketing is for, how to find the right influencers. And yesterday we talked about some of the operations of making sure that you're working with influencers. And my takeaway is you got to look for people that have scale. You have to have people that are incented in the right way to do the best possible work. And you have to understand the cadence and the operations of how they work to make sure that they are delivering the right message for your brand. At the end of the day, you have to be able to evaluate an influencer marketing campaign to make sure you're not only getting what you set out to get, but that it's a worthwhile investment. So talk to me about how you think about monetization. How do you think about conversion rate, evaluation? What's the way to, to make the most out of your influencer campaigns? There's always the obvious metrics, because at the end of the day, it's the funnel, right? How many followers are likely to see that content? What's their average propensity to engage with that content? What's, you know, suspected click-through rates or whatever the, the destination is of that campaign? So marketers are very good at seeing things at funnel, and I think that's a strength, and it definitely applies to influencer marketing. That being said, there are also some lesser-known metrics that can really bring home the bacon. They can drive a great number of conversions. And let me share with you a couple. One of the metrics in the industry tends to be engagement rate, right? So likes plus comments divided by number of followers, that's a metric that marketers 
they tend to like it a lot because it used to be a decent proxy between the number of followers, which doesn't really mean anything, and you know the number of conversions, which is really hard to predict or virtually impossible to predict. That being said, engagements are not created equal. And what we started to do is to decompose the like rates and the comment rates, which can be extremely different. And when you think about it, the implication from a follower to like a post versus to make a write a thoughtful comment is vastly different, right? One will only take a click, another one will take some thoughts, will take some touches on the keyboard, and it's going to show a lot more dedication from the follower. And what we've seen is that this is actually a good predictor for an influencer's actual ability to engage their audience and to then drive sales at the end of the day. That's one thing that we've seen that has a direct impact on ROI. Another thing that has a direct impact rate, it's a little bit obvious, but the rate at which your following grows. What we've seen is that influencers who are rising stars, right? Their following is growing really fast, even though followers per se does not have any direct impact on ROI, it actually has a negative impact because influencers tend to build the brands based on the number of followers they have and not necessarily on their ability to bring home sales, right? So that increases the cost that does not necessarily increase the return. So that's a little bit counterintuitive based on that to see that a very fast rising influencer can actually have a positive impact on ROI. And the reason is because they're not necessarily aware of how much they could charge based on their new follower account as opposed to prior. So all other things being equal, they are going to be a little bit cheaper for the same or better performance that someone else would. So that's an oftentimes overlooked thing. Another thing that I like really very much is the audience overlap. So what's the overlap between the communities of the different influencers I'm going to activate in one specific campaign? Let's say I have 10 influencers. There's two strategies you can have. A strategy in which you maximize reach and a strategy in which you maximize frequency. Because in layman's terms, the greater the overlap, the more the follower is going to see a post that talks about your brand. If there's a huge overlap between the brands, when I scroll through my Instagram feed, I'm going to see a number of times different posts from different people. And what we've seen is that this increases the ability to drive conversions, as opposed to the other strategy, which is to say, hey, you know, if I'm spending money, I want as many people as possible to see my content. So I want to minimize the overlap. In that case, it maximizes the reach. However, it does not necessarily reflect positively on an influencer's ability to generate sales. So these are little lesser known tips and tricks to really uh, maximize your ability to monetize your campaign. It's interesting. A couple of the metrics seem counterintuitive, where you're talking about the engagement rates, which is likes plus comments divided by followers. And, and to me, you know, a like doesn't mean somebody's going to buy something. And a comment, which is deeper engagement, doesn't mean somebody's going to buy something. So I would make the argument it should be likes plus open parentheses, comments times three close parentheses divided by followers, where comments are weighted more heavily. But those are engagement with the post. It isn't necessarily an indication that somebody has been influenced, that it's not a click. It's not getting someone into the funnel. It's platform engagement. To me, those are the metrics that are good for the creator, not necessarily good for the brand. Obviously, you're looking at visibility, and that matters the most. The second metric you mentioned, follower growth, is interesting to me because, you know, this really is kind of if somebody is growing, your rates are, hey, we decided that you were going to be our influencer when you had a thousand followers. Now you have 10,000 followers. We paid the 1,000 follower rate. So we got 10 times more than we bargained for. Good for us. And we got in at the right time. That's sort of like finding the shooting stars. 
The third metric you mentioned is interesting as well, the, the overlap. And to me, that's one of the things I feel like most people don't think about, which is frequency of the message. Everybody who's listened to this podcast knows, or if you don't, you have not been paying attention, that HubSpot is a very important sponsor for this show. Upfluences as well. So if you're listening to this in January, February, you're probably going to be well aware of who Upfluence is. But you know, if we had a sponsor that was only a, around for a week or two, our whole audience isn't going to be aware that that brand was a sponsor. It's just not a big enough frequency, even though we have large reach. It's like, you know, getting one Facebook ad across the entire globe doesn't mean that everybody's going to be aware of your brand. So the question that comes to monetization, and, and at the end of all of these metrics, there is no clear evaluation of like, hey, there's exposure, there's reach, there's frequency. These are all, let's call them brand metrics we have a general sense of engagement. How do you figure out whether a creator is actually driving sales? How are you attributing the value that you're creating? Mostly if you're working on an affiliate basis with them, you have to capture the sales. How are you thinking about getting actually into the funnel and moving beyond just the like, how much influence did we have to what sales were driven? Before I answer your question, uh, just let me say that I really like Upflows to be compared to HubSpot, and I hope we can get to $1 billion in AR as well. But the parenthesis is closed. To get back to your question, which is a great one again, two methods are generally used from social media to do attributable sales. One is track links. The other one is coupon codes. And you cannot use track links on any social networks. There's a number of social networks who do not allow you to embed links, or at least not, for example, Instagram, in a feed post, you cannot embed a link in the description. So the link will not be clickable, and the click-through rates are going to be terrible because the person has to copy-paste link in their browsers, yada, yada, it's awful. Now, you know, the, used to be the story swipe ups would allow you to do that. Now it's stickers. Like there are some workarounds, but generally speaking, it's not necessarily the case. Hang on. Let, I want to double click into that because Instagram's really important, mostly for e-commerce. Swipe ups and stickers. Those are ways that you can directly engage with the brand and within the browser experience, within the platform, you can go and you can buy something. Is there a conversion rate that you expect from the like in-app engagement? I'll go even further. Now with Instagram shopping, which is being rolled out in the US and a number of countries as well, we can actually make in-app purchases with a seamless experience, right? A really frictionless experience because assuming you've already made one purchase in the past, already have your credit card information, your shipping address, and literally in one click from a story from a post, you can directly go to checkout. So what your question is even more relevant and will only grow more relevant with time. So that still depends on the brand. And that's why it's hard for companies like Upfluence to really give a yardstick to brands saying, hey, this is how much that influencer is going to bring, unless another of our clients has worked with that influencer in the past. And as we're growing 100% year over year, we have more and more clients every year who are going increasingly more successful as well with influencer marketing. We're starting to get that information. And we're starting to factor that into the influencers that we showcase to our clients so that we can really push those who are actually generating sales. That being said, for an individual brand who does not necessarily have to access to resources like Upfluence, you know, I was trying to give advice that could be applicable with math and not necessarily the whole thing. But the truth is, it's hard to guess the actual ability of an influencer to generate sales. So the best you can do, and that's why I was trying to convey, is proxies that actually tend to indicate that. So you know the high comment rate, the high follower growth, the high overlap to maximize the frequency, right? Those are excellent proxies for an influencer's ability to generate sales. I guess the real question is, you know, when you're seeing an influencer that has a great conversion rate or a not so great conversion rate, 
what are the levers that you can pull to actually optimize a campaign once you start getting some data? One thing that some of our clients have been doing incredibly successfully is, let's say they worked with a number of influencers, let's say 10, and one post is really blowing everybody else's out of the water, right? The conversion rates are through the roof. One thing that's really smart is to get in touch with that influencer with your, let's say, uh, Facebook business manager to amplify that specific post, right? To add media budget to that specific post to increase the audience that the influencer can get. And even though the conversions rates are going to be not as great as the own audience of the creators who knows and love, it's actually a great way to basically get more bang for your buck, even though it costs you a little more, but it can really extend the lifetime of your campaign in that sense. So that's one way you can really stretch your dollar in that sense. I think that's a, a really good point is that you're looking at data. And honestly, some of this is anecdotal. A lot of it is based on time. Like I know that when we run a marketing campaign for the MarTech podcast, right, we're doing audio ads most of the time. And what I have to do is say, hey, look, we're running this campaign January 1st through January 7th. And if I see a spike during that week, I can assign some value to that campaign. So there's a sequencing element that you just really have to have your finger on the pulse of your business. And when you do start to see a lift, then you can start to figure out how you can amplify the right content. And that wraps up this episode of Influencer Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Vivienne Garnes, the co-CEO of Upfluence, for joining us. If you'd like to hear more of Vivian and Upfluence's tips to building an effective influencer marketing campaign, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we discuss how you can become an influencer. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Vivian, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Vivian underscore Garnes. That's V-I-V-I-E-N underscore G-A-R-N-E-S. Or you could visit his company's website, which is upfluence.com. That's U-P-F-L-U-E-N-C-E.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.